time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. (laughs) Zumio is a -a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel. That's R-A-C-H-E-L for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ah, Welcome to episode 13 of The Right Conversations. Today, we are having a conversation about what self-care and self-love actually are. These two words that stem from psychology have been kind of co-opted by pop culture. And there's this idea that you know, self-care is either getting up out of bed in the morning and taking a shower, or it's like a lavish spa day. And the idea that self-care and self-love are somehow related is out there, but no one is really talking about how they actually are related. So Today, we're going to talk about what they are, how they're related, and some of the things that you can do to practice these things. So let's just dive right in. What is self-love? Self-love is a combination of the following four things. Empathy, curiosity, reliability, and care. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Self-love is empathy plus curiosity plus reliability plus care. So being empathetic towards yourself, being curious with yourself, being reliable with yourself, and caring for yourself. Brene Brown has a quote that says, loving ourselves through the process of owning our story is the bravest thing we will ever do. So if we look at self-love as this factual thing of giving yourself empathy, being curious with yourself, being reliable and caring, then what is the care? What is the self-care piece? And then what does that have to do with self-love? Well, self-care is a practice. 
just like yoga is a practice, just like psychotherapy is a practice, just like medicine is a practice. It is a practice. It's an action. So self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. It's the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. And a quote that came with this definition is expressing oneself is an essential form of self-care. So it is an action to preserve or improve one's own health. And that's not just physical, right? There's so many different areas of health, and we're going to get into all of the different areas of self-care in a minute. So what does it look like when someone is practicing self-care? And what does it look like when someone is not practicing self-care? Well, when we're practicing self-care, usually we look or feel rested, clear-minded, We know our needs, we know our limits, we're at peace physically, at peace emotionally, we feel pretty fulfilled, and our cups are filled internally so that we are ready to give to others if and when they want or need and we want to give. When someone is not practicing self-care or when we're not practicing self-care, you may notice that there's a lack of rest. You may feel or this person may feel on edge, physically uncomfortable or even unhygienic. They may have a short temper, they may feel down or feel unfulfilled, and they lack, or you, depending on who we're talking about, lack the internal resources for those who they want to give to. I want you to think about these cups that we're talking about as a gas tank or a bank account. You can't withdraw money from a bank account that you have not deposited into. You cannot run a car if you haven't put gas in the gas tank. It just doesn't work. So self-care is not just mani-pedis. It's not always doing something. In fact, sometimes not doing something is just as important, if not more, as the doing something. So this practice is not just about going and doing and being more productive and doing more things and having more on your to-do list. Sometimes the biggest form of self-care that we can give ourselves is to cross something off of our to-do list, is to sit still, to take a nap. That's doing something. Rest is a strategy. Rest is a strategy, and rest is a big part of self-care. If you don't sleep well one night, And you wake up the next day and look at your schedule and see your typical day and think, holy shit, how, how am I going to do this? I didn't sleep. The practice of self-care would be taking a nap, would be taking something off your calendar, maybe a combination of those two things. If you are not feeling rested, clear-minded, clear on your needs and limits, at peace physically and emotionally, and fulfilled and with full cups, it's time to do something. And again, that doing something can sometimes look like doing something, or it can look like not doing something. So there are five main areas of self-care that I want to dive into and talk about today. Because again, this term usually brings up this idea of like, physical self-care 
or maybe emotional, right? Like some people can acknowledge that going to therapy is a form of self-care. Not everybody, but it is. It absolutely is. It's filling up your cups. It is taking care of your brain. It's taking care of your nervous system. It's taking care of your, so many things are taken care of by going to therapy. I don't know about you, but I am someone who needs examples. Um, If you are teaching me something, I'm like, okay, cool, got the concept, but can you tell me what that looks like in my life? I want to understand what practicing self-care looks like physically. I want to understand what practicing self-care looks like psychologically, emotionally in these areas. So I'm going to give you some examples. And as I read through these, I want you to think to yourself, is this something that for me personally, for you, fills up your cups? Because what fills up my cups may not fill up your cups and vice versa. And that's okay. That is okay. For some people, playing video games fills up certain cups. And for other people, that sounds awful. For some people, going to a theme park fills up cups. And for other people, that is their nightmare day. It drains everything that they have. And for many people, it's neutral. It's like, well, it kind of costs a lot, you know, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and I get a lot from it. So it's like a net, net neutral. So as I go through these, I want you to think to yourself, is this something under this area that I want to practice more of? Is this something that fills up my cups? And if it's not, leave it. Leave what is not serving you. This is meant to help you. This is meant to give you ideas. This is not meant to be, here's this list of things that so many people like and you don't. <laughs> like, no. And I also want to name that it really depends on where you're at in life that some of these make more sense. So, for example, when I was in college or in even grad school and I was working and going to school and paying my own way, There was no way that getting a massage was an option for me. I would have loved it, but it just just wasn't there. You know, I would get gifted like a gift card and then go to whatever place was nearby, but I couldn't do that for myself regularly. So also be realistic with yourself about this stuff. All right, so area number one is physical self-care. So here are some examples. Nourishing your body with foods that feel good getting regular medical care for prevention, getting medical care when needed, taking time off when needed, and that's for a physical reason, getting massages, dancing, swimming, walking, running, playing sports, singing, or doing some other physical activity that feels fun, taking the time to be sexual with yourself and with others, Getting enough sleep, wearing clothes that you like, taking a vacation, taking a day trip or mini vacation, and taking time away from laptops and phones. 
I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150 card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code RACHEL, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code RACHEL for 30% off the new After Dark deck. I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. Those are some examples of physical self-care. Now we're going to move into area two, which is psychological self-care. That can look like making time for self-reflection, going to therapy, journaling, reading literature, or listening to podcasts, eh, eh? unrelated to your profession. That is key there. I'm going to read that one again. Reading literature or listening to podcasts unrelated to your profession. Taking time off when needed, this time for your psyche. Doing something at which you are not the expert or in charge. Decreasing the amount of stress in your life. Sharing multiple aspects of yourself with people that you trust. Noticing your inner experience, listening to your thoughts, judgments, beliefs, attitudes, and feelings. Engaging your intelligence in a new area. For example, going to an art museum, seeing a new show, going to a new sporting game. Sporting game. Wow. I was going to say baseball game, and then I wanted to generalize it to sports, and then it came out as sporting game. (laughs) Or seeing a new exhibit. Maybe there is an an exhibit at a, at a museum or another organization near you. And you're like, I don't know anything about this. I, I barely know anything about this. Go engage your mind in something new. Even if you don't like it, you can then leave and say, wow, I didn't, I didn't like that, but it feels so good for so many people to go try something like that. Three more under psychological self-care practicing receiving from others being curious, and saying no to people and invitations when you want or need. This is a big area of self-care. Like, truly, 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 truly. Area three, which can often be confused with or conflated with psychological self-care, is emotional self-care. So what is the difference? What do, what do these actions or non-actions look like? Well, spending time with others whose company you enjoy, staying in contact with important people in your life, giving yourself affirmations, praising yourself, taking time off when needed for your emotional health, 
rereading a favorite book or rewatching a favorite movie or TV show. Identifying comforting activities, objects, people, relationships, places, and then seek those comforting activities, objects, places, people, and relationships out. Allowing yourself to cry. I call crying emotional sweating because it is often how our emotional system is regulating. Similar to when our body temperature needs to regulate, we sweat. When our emotions need to regulate, often we cry. So it's not just sad tears and happy tears. It can just be an emotional sweating session and it can feel so good. Three more under emotional self-care. Finding things that make you laugh. Expressing your outrage in social action, letters, donations, marches, and protests. And finally, playing with children and or animals. So we've gone through physical, psychological, and emotional self-care, and there are two areas left. Area four is spiritual or soul or bigger picture self-care. And then area five is workplace or professional self-care. So area four, spiritual or soul or bigger picture self-care. What does this entail? Again, remember, take the things that serve you, leave what does not. Making time for reflection, spending time with nature, finding and spending time in a community that you feel a part of, being open to inspiration, cherishing your optimism and hope, being aware of the non-material aspects of your life, trying at times to not be in charge or be the expert, That one's a big one. It pops up in a couple areas. Being open to not knowing. Oh, gosh, friends, being able to say, I don't know, is one of the most empowering phrases that you can give yourself. Identifying what is meaningful to you and noticing its place in your life. Meditating, having experiences of awe, contributing to causes that you believe in, And finally, reading or listening to inspirational literature. So last and definitely not least is workplace or professional self-care. This can look like taking a break in the middle of your workday, taking the time to chat with coworkers, making quiet time to complete your tasks, creating space to dream and vision your future as it relates to your profession. Identifying projects or tasks that are exciting and rewarding. Setting boundaries with your colleagues, clients, or bosses, including saying no when needed. Arranging your workspace so it is comfortable and comforting. And finally, negotiating for your needs. So think about these areas, and I want you to think about one or two of these five areas that you think you can move the needle around? Where can you just move the needle a few percentages and feel better? Fill up those cups. So to wrap up, self-love, regard for one's own well-being and happiness. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And what are the things that make it up? Empathy, 
curiosity, reliability, and care. And then self-care. Self-care is a practice. A practice. To wrap us up today, I want to leave you with a researched a researched a research-based technique for more conscious self-care. And the activity is called is this nurturing or depleting? So I want you to make a chart with three columns. The first column is the activity. And then the next two columns at the top say nurturing, depleting. And you're going to write down your daily activities for a few days from when you wake up until you fall asleep. And then you're going to put a tick or a check in the second or third columns beside the activity column, depending on whether or not the activity was nurturing, meaning it filled up your cups, or depleting, whether it took it away. And if it helps you, you can assign more than one check mark or tick to each item. So for example, one nurturing activity may outweigh several depleting activities. So one nurturing activity could fill up your cups with like five check marks. And then a depleting activity could take away seven or it could take away two. And you can kind of quantify that if you don't want to do it as a binary. You're more than welcome to do it as a binary as well. Then total the activities of your ticks or, or your ticks in the final row to get an overall idea of your current balance of nurturing and depleting each day. This is a really tactical way to look at what you're doing. So if you took a nap in the middle of the day and it replenished your cups all the way to the top, note that. Note that. We want to see which of these things makes a difference for you. So continue to love yourselves, continue to care for yourselves. Remember that it is a practice. It is a practice. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to figure out what this looks like as you grow and evolve. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you in our next episode. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. 